This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to another Mother Runner. This is Sarah Bowen Shea, and I'm joined today by Dimity McDowell. Hello, Dimity. Hello, hello. I was about to say, I was about to come in, but I, I forgot. Know, We're I... not on AMR. You heard my breath, like, <gasps> deep breath. Here we go. And then this is Dimity. <laughs> yes. I forget our, our various intro dances. I got to, you know, stay, stay brushed one, up two, on three. them. One, two, three. One, two, three. <laughs> don't, just don't ask me to salsa dance okay my hips don't move so. your hips don't lie okay <laughs> oh my goodness oh my goodness so i don't know how are things going out there in denver dimity well so i guess we, we should say because this is going to come out on a monday right yeah. i know we don't want to we're we're consciously not talking about the coronavirus right now okay mm-hmm. so this is a two-second thing about it because this whole episode is going to be about that in a minute. Um, but so we're coming out on a Monday to talk about canceled races, that kind of thing. Um, so that's why we are here in your inbox on a Monday, um, mm-hmm. because we know that we're coming off a weekend of some heartache and we're coming up on some more heartache, mm-hmm. all relative, of course. So, um, so yeah, so how are things going? We're not talking about the coronavirus. Like <laughs> that day was not, yesterday was surreal. Like it's like a dream. So um, things are fine. You know, uh-huh. my kids are going to be out of school starting Monday for at least two weeks. So that's... Yep. Yep, it's a little same. something on the horizon, but um, that will give plenty Daphne plenty of time to practice her golf swing, right? <laughs> her golf. So, so Daphne, oh my goodness, my my fourteen year old freshman in high school is just very very focused on college already, and just what can she do? She asked us, Jack and my husband and me asked. Uh, she said, "What can I do to increase my chances of getting into a good school?" And Jack we were, Oh, you know, do extracurriculars, da, da, da. You know, she's already, she did, she was on the um, play in the fall. She's very involved in the drama at school. And so Jack, I don't, I don't want to say half jokingly, but perhaps not in all seriousness said, Oh, you should join the the girls golf team. Uh, Because the reason he would have been laughing is she had never, ever, ever touched a golf club other than at mini golf. And so, Which is, you know, a place where you really hone your skills, right? <laughs> right. right. That, that windmill, you just have to time it perfectly yeah, to get exactly. it through the hole. And so Daphne took it to heart and she joined the girls golf team at her high school. And so the first time she touched a real club was the day of tryouts. I mean, she just is, she, Daphne's a very focused person, very analytical. So I think it, she's really, and she is very strong. So I think she could be very well suited for golf. And I have to say, I love playing golf, although I haven't done it in more than two decades, but I just adore it. And when I took up golf in my 20s, I was so envious when I would meet somebody who was like, oh yeah, I used to play golf all the time as a kid. I'm like, oh, to have learned it as a young person. Oh, that'd be so wonderful. So if if nothing else, she's getting a life skill. That is, it's one of the sports. Like my grandmother used to be like golf, tennis, 
and bridge. <laughs> so that's going to point, that's going to put me in a specific, you know, her in a specific demographic slash era. Yeah, Those are the yeah. life sports, um, not running and swimming and, um, you know, that's a, there's a lot, there's a lot of debate here in our household about whether golf is a sport. Uh, Daphne's twin brother, John is adamant that it is not. Um, oh, have, and, and, have him bring that up with Tiger Woods and let's see how that goes, right? <laughs> right, see, who wins, right. see who wins that one. <laughs> right. And so, so then when Daphne comes home complaining about, oh, the blister on her hand, he's like, do you want to see the blood blister on my foot? Um, oh my you know, God, that's he's, so From his, you know, I don't know, four hours of dance a day. So, um, but you know, there are those people who don't call dance a sport. So, the, you know, he's perhaps there standing on a little shaky ground. So anyway, so it's very fun. And I have, most importantly, I have never seen Daphne be more consistently happy than since she's joined the golf team. That is huge. That's mm -hmm. huge. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Can I, can I share us? Uh, it just brought me back my grandmother and thinking about golf. Yes. Can I share a little story. Um, yes. So uh, I never played, but um, you know, I, we used to be freelance writers, you and me. Mm -hmm. um, and I was working at sports illustrated for women. Mm -hmm. um, actually I was employed as sports illustrated for women and I had freelance assignments. And one of them was writing about a golf workout or something. I can't remember. Yeah. It was David Duvall's golf workout. So again, I'm dating myself. Do you, you know who David Duvall is, right? Oh so, yeah. Now that you say it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's a, he was a golfer. Um, I mean, mm -hmm. he still is, but I, you know, he was in his heydays. He's in, probably in the master's tour now. Yeah. Something. Like the late nineties. Right. Um, yeah. And so, you know, when you freelance um, you know, you, you kind of have, if you have a full-time job and you freelance, you have to kind of set up your interviews very, um, you know, like stealthily, right? I guess, right? And <laughs> and this is before cell phones or texts or, e you know, even emails. I mean, emails worked, but, you know, I would try to, you know, do interviews before I went to work or after I got home from work or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, but a high-profile athlete is a high-profile athlete, right? And yeah. so sitting at my desk at Sports Illustrated for Women and um, literally at my desk is like literally right across from my boss's office. Yeah, right. So she's, and she is like a, not the kindest person. And, um, and so I pick up the phone. I'm like, hey, this is Dimity, you know, Sports Illustrated for Women. This is David Duvall. What do, you, what do you want to talk to me about? Like literally he says it like that. And I said, and I said something along the lines of, and so I'm like whispering into the phone, like, okay, okay. You know, I'm like trying to get my computer up and ready to go. And, um, and he's like, uh, and the thing was, like I said, you know, something along the lines, cause he had a crazy ass workout is what he did, you know, and that's why they wanted to um, profile him. Sure. But I said something a little demeaning about his workout, you know, like, oh, so, mm -hmm. you know, do you work out like what, like two days a week or something when you're off the course? And he was just like, you know, and just like <laughs> launched into this. And oh my God, it just, it brings, you can tell I'm like anxious all over again. Cause I have like my boss listening, you know, trying and then David Duvall. And so, but I told oh my, my grandma that story and she just, oh, she, you talked to David Duvall. Oh my God. Like, I can't believe it. <laughs> that's amazing. well so that reminds me so back in my early rewind the clock even further to when i was an intern at city sports magazine uh and which was a, a free magazine in california i got into journalism because you'll like this to me because i loved bruce springsteen so much and i thought how can i meet bruce springsteen I thought, well, I could I could interview him for a magazine or something like that. I I want to be I knew I wanted to be a writer, but I hadn't honed it down to writing for magazines. So so okay. I wanted to interview Bruce Springsteen. Okay, so big celebrity, right? Okay, it's never happened. Ugh. Spoiler alert, it's never <laughs> happened. So, but there I was. I was an intern at City Sports Magazine, and they wanted me to interview Lee Trevino. 
Oh, <laughs> it was like even, even, that's like the Dinah Shore Invitational thing. Right? I mean, that is like, you know, I don't know, J- um, Jack Nicholas or something. So, um, yeah. so I got to interview him and I was so nervous. I'm like, oh my gosh. And I remember thinking at the time, I'm like, I got in to do this so I could interview Bruce Springsteen. I can't even interview Lee Trevino. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I... Oh my goodness. And I, you know, I called him Mr. Trevino and this whole thing. And so he was so kind and just, I think he could tell I was nervous. I didn't let him know I was an intern, but I think he could tell I was very nervous and very young. And sure. he was just so gracious and, and my goodness, it was very fun. But I just, and I was married to John Shea at the time, my first husband, and I, he was a great, John Shea was a great golfer, probably still is. And uh, I was like, John, I get to interview Lee Trevino. <laughs> <laughs> oh, awesome. Oh my God. So yeah, so, um, so I'm, yeah, I, this morning when we got notification that our schools were going to close for two and a half weeks, I was like, well, uh, Jack can take uh, Daphne to the golf range a lot. So. There you go. She's yeah. got a lot of time, a lot of yeah. time to practice. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So as you alluded to, Dim, this um, show is a last minute addition to our podcast lineup. Oh, sigh, literal sigh, because we're going to be talking about how coronavirus is affecting training and races and you know best practices for staying healthy during these anxious times. And our guest is psychologist, Dr. Justin Ross, known by many of you from his Perform Like a Mother programs in our Train Like a Mother Club. Justin's also been on our show before. He's a Denver-based, has a Denver-based practice called Mind Body Health. And practicing what he preaches, this dad of two is a triathlete and a marathon runner. He's been training for his third Boston Marathon, which we will talk about that situation. And uh, we actually are not going to have a brief break. Uh, we decided this is, um, Alex d- deemed it our AMR fireside chat. So we are skipping ads. This is our um, presidential address, right? Yeah, yes. <laughs> with, and, with some laughs thrown in. Yeah. But, um, but Dim, I will give you enough time to swap your co-hosting hat for your coaching one because um, I'm going to ask questions. So yes, yes. All right. Well, before we jump into talking with Dimity and Dr. Justin Ross, want to um, echo what Darlene wrote on our Facebook page when we asked people about whether their races were going off as planned. And Darlene wrote, it is a really good thing that steps are being taken to protect people. Of course, this is a minor issue compared to people who are truly suffering. So meaning that races being canceled in the large scheme of things um, you know, is a minor minor issue. We um, So, but we know that having a race canceled um, you know, is deeply disappointing. Um, and having an interrupted training cycle, you know, it, it can throw us dedicated runners or, or even maybe just some casual runners for a loop. So, um, you know, I was, uh, also on that, um, post Heather and Rita wrote, they said they were running, going to be running their first half marathon this weekend. So we realized that that disappointment is deep and sharp and feels, um, very real. So, um, so thanks for joining us, Justin. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, uh, thanks for having me. Sorry, it's under such uh, such kind of somber, heavy circumstances. Yeah, yeah. So, and since this situation is changing, it seems like on a minute by minute basis, we want to um, let folks know we are recording this at twelve oh six p.m. Mountain Time on Friday, March thirteenth. And there are all sorts of headline drawing announcements. There's Boston Marathon was postponed. The Rome Marathon was canceled. There's also countless smaller races being canceled or postponed. Mm-hmm. And, you know, who knows 
who knows about races in, you know, later April, May, yeah. June. Yeah. So all this unknowing causes so much anxiety. And Justin, you wrote about that very topic for Podium Runner. So talk us through anxiety and why this situation is kind of a perfect storm for creating yeah, anxious absolutely. Like uh, London just got postponed as well, just uh, oh, a matter of minutes, minutes ago. ago. Yeah. So that that's yeah. postponed till October as well. So yeah, we're seeing this hit just um, every every type of race from every type of distance from all over the globe. And, um, you know, I think the, the starting point is it's really about protecting all of us. This is a um, public health crisis that is really necessary to make sure that, that we're all safe. And, um, and you're right, it is, it's creating a lot of anxiety. It's creating a lot of frustration, sadness mm-hmm. for, um, mm-hmm. for all of us. And like, when I think about anxiety, there's really like a trio of conditions that hit in order for anxiety to be present. So the, the first is we need some level of uncertainty, um, which mm-hmm. is absolutely happening with this. We don't really know what's going to happen next. We don't know the extent of the impact. Um, there's just a, a number of different uncertain factors with the virus and then with the impact on races in the world in general. Uh, the second is lacking control, right? Feeling as though we don't have control over what's going to happen or control over our safety or well-being. And, and in a lot of ways, this is what spurs um, panic shopping, right? And we see a lot of this happening recently with the run on grocery stores and, uh, and toilet paper uh, specifically. Mm-hmm. And then the, the <laughs> last thing that we, that we have is like the um, anxiety will only occur in the context of having something that we value be threatened. Um, if we mm-hmm. didn't value it and we didn't feel it to be threatened, it wouldn't be bothersome to us. And so, again, like on a really deep level, we're worried about our health. But um, on an athlete level, we're really worried about our races. And when those things are threatened or then get canceled, it, um, you know, it really hits hard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, Dimity, like Justin, you feel empathy for people training and having racing plans that are being thrown into a whirlwind of uncertainty or disappointment. So, talk about how this anxiety and sadness is a natural response, and that, you know, I think of it as showing that runners really care. You know, they're not just doing this, you know, for for kicks, pardon the pun. So, um, if you could talk about that a bit. Sure, sure. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, we all we run for so many different reasons. Um, and certainly having a starting line and a finish line to cross is it's the end of a it's a nice punctuation mark, right? I don't want to mm-hmm. like I think it's important, and I think Justin will talk about this in a little bit, is you know, the race is is definitely a celebration of the training, but it's not the reason why we trained, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because the training is so fulfilling on a day-to-day basis. And so, you know, it, it, it um, fosters such emotion and such power and confidence and connection in us that, you know, if we didn't have to, if we could just race without training, I don't think the races would be as fulfilling, right? Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I mean, it wouldn't happen, but you know what I'm saying? Like, it's definitely the whole package. And mm-hmm. so to separate that race right now and realize that, yes, okay, maybe I can't put the exclamation point or <laughs> the training didn't go so well, the period or the question mark on, you know, <laughs> the end of this chapter, it's okay, right? It's going to be okay. There's going to be more chapters. There's a lot more to write. Um, and I think, you know, and I, one thing I wanted to address a little bit later also is just the routine that's been disrupted. Um, mm-hmm. I don't want to, you know, take us too far down a rabbit hole right now, but I think that's the bigger thing too, because we don't want to lose this sanity saving beautiful thing that we can do out in fresh air and, you know, do it in social isolation. And that's really, um, at the end of the day, what I want people to walk away with um, from this podcast. Yeah. Well said, Dimity. Very well said. Yeah. Yeah. 
So having a race canceled or postponed totally messes with your brain and your body. So Justin, what mental coping advice can you give athletes for both short-term, you know, getting over the disappointment and the long-term moving on? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I think the starting point is that it's, it is okay. We have to give ourselves permission to be sad and disappointed. Um, you know, when our events get canceled. So the starting point is it's okay. Allow yourself to be upset. Um, because it, it hurts, you know, it shows that you care that, you know, this sport and these events have a lot of deep personal meaning. And when they get taken away, it, it's painful. So the starting point is always acknowledging that and allowing those emotions to come in without trying to, you know, like poo-poo them or push them away. Mm-hmm. So that's the starting point. Mm-hmm. I, I think, um, you, you know, like human beings for, for a long time, we really thrive on adversity and challenge and hardship and, mm-hmm. and setbacks. And, you know, we, we hear this idea a lot of post-traumatic stress. What we don't talk a lot about is post-traumatic growth. And anytime mm-hmm. I see these these big adversities hit us, either collectively or individually, we have to think about this as an opportunity for post-traumatic growth, that we mm-hmm. can um, come through this challenge um, and forge to be stronger and, and better and more connected and, um, mm-hmm. you know, realign with our values. So this is that opportunity for us right now. We're facing a, a pretty global crisis, um, and we have the choice. If we look at it from this lens of reevaluating our purpose and our meaning and our underlying values, what this sport brings to us on an individual basis and a collective basis, I, I think what we're going to see is we're going to come out of this um, a lot stronger and a lot more connected um, you know, once we get you know, through the summer and into the fall. Yeah, I had I had that thought as I think I mentioned that I was walking back from our shop gal's house and saw all my neighbors and waved at them. It's a simple act, but I it just spurred this thought that maybe some good can come out of all this, and that you know, um, it, I think we all know that we live in a rather fractured nation, and that maybe pulling together and supporting each other can heal some of those divides. So um, maybe that's being Pollyanna, but. Um, so, Coach Dimity, then. We, um, can, I, can I add, yeah, ask, yeah. add one thing before we move yeah, on? I wanted yeah. to, Justin, one of the things you said in Podium Runner, which I really thought resonated with me, and I think with every our crowd as well, our listeners, is yeah. you know, empathize with mm. the race directors. You know, they don't make these, you know, thinking about the human condition, like, it's not like this is a whim. A lot of it is, um, I mean, just as an example, um, you know, my daughter's volleyball tournament was supposed to be down at the convention center in downtown Denver this past weekend um, and it got canceled and they kind of called it at the last minute. They wanted to make it, you know, they wanted to do it right. Everybody wants to put on their race or their event. It's not like, you know, they're looking for outs um, and the vitriol that went on mm. based on the decision and the timing and all this stuff was just, it was really hard to be like, wait, these are, this is my community. These are my people. And right. I haven't seen a lot on Facebook. I mean, I haven't really gone digging for it, but I've seen a couple things where I'm like, dude, you know, we're all human and we all want the best for everyone, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, you're absolutely right. I mean, I think what we're, what we're seeing, and, and I'm hearing and seeing that too, right? And I, I think the lens is that when, again, when there's a threat to something that we um, are personally connected to, the natural reaction is to become um, either defensive or you're seeing is, again, we have such a deep personal connection to our sport um, whatever that sport may be, right? Volleyball, that when it's taken away and it's threatened, there is this natural inclination to be really angry and upset and to lash out. And 
I, I think we do if we can take a step back and have this empathy um, for people in really difficult positions, making really difficult decisions for the collective well-being and safety of, of all of us. These decisions, especially when it comes to massive running events, they are not taken lightly. And, you know, you think about like just Boston, for example, they have so many different communities that are impacted that they need to have alignment with that um, having these decisions to cancel is no easy undertaking. So the race directors are, they, they do everything in their power to put their event on in a safe and healthy way. And I guarantee that all of them have first thought of every single contingency plan to put on their event prior to canceling. This isn't just done on a whim. And so I think if we could just, you know, start with that, right, just have this empathy and understanding of how difficult that is, um, it's going to change how we feel about it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, particularly because you think about what that a community, something like Boston that goes through so many communities, you know, they need their resources, their yeah. first responders, all that. They, they might be needed in other places other than something that's kind of an extra, like a race. You know, the race seems so important and integral to us. But in the large scheme of things, you know, it's um, it's taking care of the elderly, the infirm, the whatever, you know, people who are at greater risk than perhaps these people who are like, what do you mean I can't run 26.2 miles? I'm ready to go here, people. Right, right. Yeah. 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 Again, yeah. it's like if, if we can have that ability to shift perspective, right, to, to broaden it just outside of ourselves and our event that um, like these communities um, need their resources and um, an event you know, like a major marathon or a major race really impacts those resources, not just for one day, but for weeks at a time. And so um, that's really what this is about. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, all right. So Coach Dimity, take us through the the physical <laughs> of, of a race being canceled, you know, so a lot of women in taper mode out there, you know, so the race in one or two weeks. So sure. um, what should they be doing? Well, I think you have to kind of assess what's important to you, right? Um, so, I mean, like you said, uh, we had a Facebook post that got a lot of traction on it um, with with canceled races and a lot of race directors are offering virtual options, right? Mm -hmm. So if you're running your first half marathon, but you want it to be, you know, a celebration and, and feel more like a party than another training run, like maybe you put it on hold, right? And, mm -hmm. and you know, kind of let everything die down. We, you know, I wish I could look into a uh, a globe and say, okay, you know what, all races after April 24th are going to be on, right? Or something mm -hmm. like that. But it's just, mm -hmm. you can't do that right now. So you have to be okay with saying, you know, I'm just going to wait. I had a good training cycle or I could have done better on my training cycle and I'm going to, you know, I'll pick it up when it makes sense again. Or you can do the virtual race option, which I think is a great option as well. And if you are, you know, maybe you trained with a best friend or something like that, and maybe you could go make it a fun celebration, you know, um, you know, make each other medals, have kids hold the finishing line. Like, I don't know, just make it fun. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, so those, I mean, those are your options if you're in taper mode. Right. Um, mm -hmm. or, and I know like a lot of the Boston marathon has already ramped up. I think, um, you're going to ask Justin about that. So I won't go into that, but if you're kind of in the middle of the training cycle, I would probably personally, I would say pull the plug for now because you want to save your work, right. Save the work that you did. I mean, not that you, can save necessarily a 20 mile run. You're going to have to ramp that back up when you start training for the marathon again, but it doesn't make sense to, in these physically or in these mentally stressful times to exhaust yourself with training without a race on the horizon. Mm -hmm. um, that's mm -hmm. my take. 
Might you say, don't burn too many matches? Don't Don't burn too many matches. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. You want your favorite phrases. Yeah, so Justin, I mean, you give us the first person (laughs) account of what someone training for, say, Boston. Yeah. has done so so tell people maybe who who don't know what the situation is with boston then about your training itself yeah yeah so um well so boston yes oh i guess it was today like the last couple of days there's been grumblings about them um you know looking at another date and today the official announcement uh friday um was made that the race is going to be postponed until september 14th so they have a monday lined up in september and and they're going to hold the race then so you know, for me, going into this week, it was, it was sort of interesting. I mean, I, I saw the writing on the wall, and I had a pretty good idea that um, that Boston wasn't going to happen earlier in the week. And so I, I kind of backed down a little bit on my training just in terms of the intensity. Um, and normally, you know, this weekend I'd be looking at, you know, a 20-mile or a 22-mile run, kind of getting into that peak volume. Um, heading into a race about a month out, and certainly that's going to be scrapped. Um, you know, so I'll, I'll continue to run, um, but I'm definitely not going to go out and run 20 miles tomorrow as I'm as I'm not preparing for anything in April anymore. Um, and again, kind of you know to to Dimity's uh, point about like like how do we make sense of this? I, I hear a lot of people talking about you know maybe looking for another event. Like, well, okay, my race was canceled, but I'll find something else around the same time or maybe a few weeks later. And I think part of it is um, like that there is a very good chance that there be maybe no events for quite some time. So yeah. there may not be another event to sort of swap into and it's going to take um, some courage and some patience and um, some discipline to like to keep running and to keep training and to maintain fitness. But to wait until the dust settles a little bit until we know like what the rest of the racing schedule is going to look like probably summer into, uh, into the fall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think that's really smart. I think, um, you know, just kind of putting yourself in a holding pattern, you know? Um, and so, I mean, if you have, you know, if you're in week 10 of a 15 week plan, you know, and it, the, the signs are looking like, you know, it's going to be canceled, you know, I would just cut back right now because so a couple of things, like I said, like the mental stress right now, I mean, everybody's routine. I don't know about you guys, but like this week was like a dream for me. Like, like one day I'm going to wake up and walk out of my door and it's not going to feel like everything, you know, the whole world is being canceled and, you know, just, mm-hmm. we, it just felt surreal. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, being moving forward, getting your blood flowing, feeling your body is like more important than ever. So, you know, I would say, go do runs that you love, right? Mm-hmm. So whether you, if you have a route you love, great. If you love to trail run, go do it. And if you have thought about trail running but never tried it, this is a great time to do it. Mm-hmm. I mean, because talk about getting out of your head, like you have to watch your feet, you're out in nature, you're forest bathing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Good term. I love it. Um, yeah, you know, and so that's a great, you know, just just, you know, try to make it a priority to move four to five days a week. I mean, and I know it's hard because I mean, in the many happy miles, um, someone wrote in, her kids are little, like I think they were like maybe seven and four. They're mm-hmm. out of school for six weeks and she works from home. Ooh. Like wow. that is like, I think running a hundred miler is easier than dealing with that situation, <laughs> right? Yeah. So, you know, if I were her and I'm still staring it down a little bit, I mean, our kids are older, but Justin's got it, you know, with young kids, like, yeah. you know, what can I do? How can I make, my movement a priority every day. Does that mean that I get up at 5:30 and hit the treadmill in the basement? 
Does that mean that I get up and run around my neighborhood? Does that mean that, you know, I put the kids in front of the TV for 45 minutes and I do some strength training and something else? Like, whatever it is, like, it's good for you to think it through now and just think it's because it doesn't just happen in the day. So making a plan, making a plan for the week, making a plan that you have, you know, the structure, the time, the support you need to physically take care of yourself, I think will go a long, long way. Yeah, I, yeah, I yeah. agree. I mean, I think there's, you know, one ways, one of the ways to think about this shift right now is, um, is to maybe just consider like, okay, let's, let's go back to sort of base training, right? Go back yeah. to that time of the year where maybe you're not training for a race, but you value movement and you value exercise. And so think about what you would normally do in those periods and, and go back to that, right? And I, I love the idea, Dimini, of um, now's a great time to be playful, right? Like if um, yeah. if you normally aren't trail a trail runner, um, now would be a great time to go and find a trail and run. Go to try a, you know, like a, a, a new route or a new place to run. Um, mix it up a little bit, go back to your favorite workouts. Those are all such great key ideas at this time. Thanks. And then my my other PS to that is, leave your phone at home. Yeah. Literally, I know it's like hard because we're all podcasts and we're all got to know, you know, but I took the dogs for, I, I'm a huge podcast, list, podcast listener when I listen to take my dogs for walks. And yesterday I was like, you know what? I am just not going to listen to anything for 45 minutes, except for the birds singing and, you know, and whatever else, the dogs barking basically. And um, it was lovely. Like give yourself the opportunity to unplug just for a little bit, it's, it makes a huge difference. See, I've, I've found that I'm, I'm listening to a lot more dance music mm-hmm. and just, so I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna fake it till I make it. I am going to dance around to Robin and, you know, some Britney and sure. just, and, and I was listening to, I think I was listening to the daily or something on um, Molly was out of town for a couple of days. So I was running by myself. I'm like, I am switching over to music because it's going to make me happy. Yeah. And I don't mind. I think that's a great idea. And Justin can comment. The problem is, is I feel like then all of a sudden you're one, you know, thumb tap away from checking Twitter again, or you've got all the updates being sent to you or you're checking your email to see what's, you know, and I, and maybe you don't do that, but I know me, my temptation is if I have my phone, I am checking something, you know, more often than I should be. Yeah. I think there's, like uh, the the general idea there, I think is so great, right? Like we we have to find a way to distance ourselves from media, um, because like right now media is changing minute by minute, um, but it can also spur a lot of anxiety. So one of the like you know like thinking more from like a clinical perspective for a moment, one of the recommendations that that we give to people is um, like limit your media exposure to one or two trusted sources and eliminate the others. And then limit your um, your time, you know, digesting news to two periods of five to ten minutes a day, uh, and that's mm-hmm. it. So kind of once in the morning and once in the evening. And and the truth is, if if you really want the facts, you can get the facts in five to ten minutes twice a day, and the rest is going to be kind of fluff or um, more repetition of information you've already had. It's also going mm-hmm. to maybe start to bleed into more opinion based or fear-based um, responses and, and reports from people that are just gonna kick up your own anxiety. So I, I do think there needs to be some purposeful attempt to distance ourselves from media. And whether that's, you know, you put your phone on do not disturb while you're out and you have it with you or you keep it at home, I think those are really important strategies right now. 
Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Good advice. Good advice. So, so let's talk about social distancing. Mm -hmm. So I suspect we're all going to experience feelings of loneliness and isolation in these coming weeks. Mm -hmm. And so for me, I feel it's become extra important to run with Molly. Like I said, she was out of town for a couple of days, but you know, I just need that best running friend time. So unless I'm told otherwise, I am willing to accept the low risk that that might involve, you know, we're outside, we are not putting our heads together over a, a, you know, hot mug of coffee or something, you know, like it is, we have some distance and, and hopefully we're not spitting at each other as we talk. But um, so, you know, Justin, what's your take on the social emotional aspect of this situation we're in? Yeah, I think there's this, like for me, there's this really interesting, ironic juxtaposition about the, the need for social distancing and the importance of social gathering, especially for athletes, right? So when one of the things that was being discussed with like some of the major marathons in the spring, these, these really big events was, well, okay, let's, let's eliminate the expo and let's eliminate, you know, the, all the pre and the post race events and let's find a way to mitigate crowds and control crowds. And a lot of the response from runners was like, well, then I don't want to do it. Like, why would I do it mm. if all of mm. those social components were taking away? Because that is a large part about what this sport is and what it brings to the table. So I, I get it. It makes sense from a health perspective, the need for social distancing. And yet what it hits on or where it kind of is painful is that um, we are we are creatures of, um, of social need. And one of the, the ties that bind in the sport of running is this collective gathering um, in the pursuit of, you know, in, of races or just of, um, you know, like personal meaning. So it is interesting. I, th I think you're right. We're going to see people um, struggle with this. And the, the beauty is there can be some online connection, right? We can connect through virtual races or virtual runs. I think Strava is going to do some interesting things in terms of making sure that people are at least um, connected electronically. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. And I think, I think um, I mean, the other thing, Justin, I think is just to, like you talked about the sadness, mm -hmm. is it's okay to admit, like, I feel really effing lonely right now, mm -hmm. you know, like, you know, I think sometimes, you know, we try to put the, push those feelings away. Right. Because like, Oh, everything's good. I, my, my, my health is good. My family's good. You know, like we are not affected, you know, I'm lucky. Right. You right. know, so you have this, this, this real, um, you know, what's the word conflict or, you know, dissonance between, Oh my gosh, how lucky am I that like I can go buy all the toilet paper I need to, granted I can, if I can find it, right? Mm -hmm. And all this stuff and then feel so crappy, right? And feel so isolated and lonely. And I mean, I know it's a, it's a bigger discussion because it can happen in everyday life too, but I just think it's important to like own it and and reach out to people. I mean, I've seen a couple of posts about like calling people more often and FaceTiming them mm -hmm. and you know, and just making sure that you you make an effort, you know, as much as I was talking about earlier, to, you know, get your workout in, whatever that looks like, to also make sure that you don't, you know, you connect with other people and also be honest, being like, God, I'm having a rough time. Yeah. Like, you know, like what can, you know, can you make me laugh, <laughs> you know, or something like that, <laughs> right. whatever it is, you know, uh -huh. um, I think, don't you think, I mean, cause it's, yeah. it's hard. Cause we're like, again, this is a privileged position. Like, Oh, I don't get to run the Boston marathon. Mm -hmm. Yes. But it still really, really hurts. Mm -hmm. Or I'm home with my, young guys and geez louise i'm about to cut their heads off but they're healthy mm -hmm. and i still have my job right yeah like mm -hmm. well again it's that like you, like think about what what you're doing right there is it's like it's shifting perspective 
right? And uh, yeah, there's going to be this initial reaction that can be full of sadness and frustration and, and pain. And but one of the primary ways through that is to take ownership that that's okay, and then work to shift your perspective. And having gratitude is really really important, right? Like to be grateful for. Um, for what you have in your life and for your opportunities. And, you know, the, the gratitude I keep coming back to is like, yeah, I think what's going to be really interesting is we're going to get to the fall and these races are going to feel so powerful um, yes. because yes. of this isolation. I think people are going to push through limits in a way that they probably haven't before. And they're going to surprise mm. themselves of what they're capable of. But the events are mm. going to be really energetic and, and electric, I think. And I, 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 you know, I'm excited for what that's going to look and feel like. The other place, mm. in, in addition to gratitude, that we can come back to, um, again, is the like is purpose. This is a great opportunity for us to to go back. You know, I talk so much about like finding your why. Like, why are we out mm. there? Why are we doing this? Why is this important? What better time to evaluate those things than now? And if we can realign with both our individual purpose for for why this is important and why we do this and with a collective purpose of what this means, not just for us individually, but for us, you know, as athletes and as people, I think, again, it like, it's going to shift the way it, it feels and it's going to help pull us through these, um, you know, these difficult next weeks and, and probably a couple of months. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I love that. Yeah. Races. I mean, you know, absence makes the heart grow fonder, right? Mm-hmm. So our races coming up are going to feel, they're going to feel great mm-hmm. when, when they're back on. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 So, so in, encouraging people to keep running certainly is a thread that's been running throughout this podcast. You know, Dim, if you could talk for a second about kind of the, the immunity boosting effects of light to moderate running, you know, the mental uplift you get. Um, I think about the fact that the timing of it's pretty decent in a lot of parts of the U.S. at least because it's springtime. So maybe this is finally the chance to run outside when there's extra hours of daylight, there's some things blooming, you sure. know. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think we've all experienced it, right? You know, you you leave for a run in a bad mood, stressed out, whatever, anxious, and you come back and you're like, okay, maybe the situation is still there, but now I feel like I have the tools to handle it, or I have the patience or the enthusiasm or whatever, you know, you might have needed to to get over that speed bump. And, you know, they come up every day, right? <laughs> <laughs> Which is both a good thing and a bad thing, right? You get you always get a chance to practice and um and, you know, it's not like you can just knock them all out with a one four miler. So, yeah, I mean, running is, is I mean, you know, it's, I feel like it's one of the best pieces of medicine going running and sleep mm-hmm. and eating well. I mean, we all know all that, right? But it's, it's now is the time to really put it into practice. You know, yeah. what time are you truly going to bed? Like, be honest with yourself. And what time are you truly falling asleep? Um, what are you putting in your mouth? You know what? Like a sleeve of thin mints tastes really good at the time, but two hours later, how are you acting? How are you feeling? Right. Um, and I just want to back up a little bit because I know mm-hmm. we've got injured runners and other people that listen to this podcast and a walk at this point is just as good, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. It does not need to be a freaking tempo run with, you know, your splits at a crazy ass pace, you know? Right. So, <laughs> you know, just get out, move forward and, um, and, and let your body like feel your body. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was, um, yeah. uh, I did an interview yesterday with a journalist from, from runner's world, you know, obviously they're, they're very interested in hearing about these ideas as well. And um, at the end, she was telling me that she's covering some stories that are coming out of Italy. And um, this is a country that's just absolutely devastated 
by this crisis and their healthcare system is just overrun with cases. But one of the things she said that she's finding very interesting is that the um, the government has permitted uh, people to go out into public areas to run or jog or walk solo, not in mm. groups, um, for 30 to 40 minutes a day because they're recognizing the importance of the need for movement and fresh wow. air and for, you know, again, for, for purpose. Um, mm-hmm. And so I, I think that's just really interesting, right, that we, um, if, if you can go back to sort of like the primal roots of running, this was something we did a long time ago without a garment on our watch telling us, you know, our splits. It was, um, it was there for our well-being. And again, here's an opportunity for us to kind of get back to those roots and just feel our bodies mm-hmm. out in space and to hear the birds chirping and to, you know, feel the springtime kind of blooming underneath our feet, um, despite mm-hmm. everything else that's kind of falling on, um, falling down ar- around us. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I've sometimes on my when I've been out running, you know, now with the time shift, it's back to I'm back to running in darkness instead of where before, you know, it was starting to get a little light on some of my runs. And I'm like, oh well, if there's a quarantine, I bet I could still sneak out, at, <laughs> you know, at, at 4 a.m. to go running because you know, uh-huh. like like they they won't be able to see me or but but also because you know, there, there's no, it's, you know, maybe some cars go past me, but it's not like there's, uh, I go through huge crowds of people and they're all coughing on me or something. I mean, I, there's a lot of runs where I don't see anybody. Mm-hmm. So I would, you know, I'm really assuming I'm not a doctor, not a doctor, but you know, the, I'm assuming that the risk of trans, transmission or picking it up while I'm out on a run is, is pretty low in that scenario. Mm-hmm. So um, definitely think, I mean, that, you know, I mean, that's, I've been late. I, I read one thread by um, coach Jen. She brought in um, who does our triathlon and heart and soul program. And she brought in an infectious d- disease specialist to talk about it. And the, the woman's, you know, talked a lot about, you know, sleep, nutrition, training, um, being outside mm-hmm. is the best thing, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, we're not going to, form a human chain, you know, and run together, but, you know, being outside, you being on your bike, being mm-hmm. running, walking, whatever, you know, mm-hmm. that's all good stuff mm-hmm. compared to the gym, especially. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, so, so Dim, address your thoughts on that. I'm going to the gym or Pilates, you know, is now the time to commit to the act the at-home strength routines that you showcase so so beautifully. That's the other thing that, you know, this gets to do because sometimes you need a do-over on a training cycle, right? Sometimes (laughs) it didn't go the way you wanted to, or you didn't do what you wanted to do. So that's another gift of gratitude, right, Justin? Uh Um, So yeah, doing strength at home is a great idea. I mean, you know, in a, in ideally you're not going to the gym just because, you know, you're, that you're how many things you come into contact with at the gym. I mean, you know, the treadmill, the weights, the elliptical, the bike, you know, checking in. I mean, you're touching a lot of surfaces and we don't know enough about the coronavirus to know how long it incubates. You don't know who was touching it before, all that stuff. So, you know, I'm not going to say absolutely don't, but if you have other options, I would say that's probably the better idea. I mean, and I think that, you know, yoga studios and Pilates studios and stuff are going to take extra caution and be, you know, cleaning everything a ton, but, you know, you kind of have to make that call yourself. I don't feel like you can weigh your risks. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, you know, I think you need to kind of, yeah, take a a case by case basis. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I have to say, I'm still gonna, I I love my Monday morning strike class. I'm still going to go to it and just, you know, wash the heck out of my hands when I am done. And I don't know, I don't know, maybe I'm going to take it out today on Friday. 
I say that I'm going on Monday. Yes, exactly. Well, and it might change and they may close, mm-hmm. right? I mean, that's mm-hmm. the other thing. I've heard of some gyms closing already too. So, you know, you know, just again, that flexibility, like, okay, well, you know what, if I can't go, what are like my moves that I remember that I like a lot? Okay, I'm going to do those at home with my kids or I'm going to put on my favorite dance music and do something, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Or go to the YouTube channel, the Another Mother Runner YouTube channel and see... Uh, there's some good train like a mother circuits there. They take about 20 minutes. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're, they they're sure definitely... are good. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 So any um, parting words, Justin or Dimity that you think we haven't covered? Well, I, I think again, like this, if we could go back to thinking about post-traumatic growth that this right now, it's an opportunity for us to, you know, understand like, um, that running and training isn't just about pursuing races, that it, it functions in so many different ways in our lives. Uh, you know, it can function from a self-care perspective. It can uh, function, um, you know, as a way to kind of connect and uh, to ourselves and to the world around us. So this is our time to really reconnect to that and to understand like all those underlying components. And I think that's a great opportunity. And, and again, if we do that, I think we're going to come out of this thing stronger and, and fired up to uh, to really tackle the fall in a meaningful way. Yeah. All right. And also please know that we are here for you. Find Solace and Empathy on our Facebook page, Another Mother Runner, and on our Instagram feed at The Mother Runner. And we'll keep making this podcast because we do it remotely. <laughs> so um, so uh, please leave us a rating wherever you listen and tell your friends and neighbors about the show. Our podcast today was produced in Portland, Oregon by Alex Ward from Sounds Like Pictures. Many happy miles. Happy miles.